This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Most of us understand the level of change going on around the world. Technology and innovation are transforming things that we knew to be fairly rock solid even just a few years ago. We see that a great deal here in the United States, but what about other locations around the world? A new research paper focuses on the country of Argentina where this shift is occurring and in a country that has a history for closed markets, financial issues, and a history of populism. Rahul Kapoor is an associate professor of management here at the Wharton School. He is part of the duo that put this paper together. And also with us is Ignacio Pena, who is an innovator and a social entrepreneur, as well as founder and CEO of Surfing Tsunamis, and he also happens to be a Wharton grad, and they both join me on the phone right now. Raul, Ignacio, thank you for your time today, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, Raul, give us the background on this term creative destruction and where it really got started. Yes. You know, as, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the paper that we have just uh, written, it's titled Creative Destruction in the Land of Tango. And... Uh, and, and the term creative destruction is really the what I call the version 1.0 of the term disruption that gets used everywhere today. The term was originally coined by the famous Austrian economist Joseph Schumpeter in 1940s. Uh, and what Schumpeter was really trying to illustrate is this uh, process of sustainable economic growth that gets triggered by new technologies, new markets, new business models that replace existing means. So, you know, the term disruption gets used today, but if I were to give a, you know, if I were to express a preference, I'd like the term creative destruction better because it presents change both as an opportunity and a threat. And while clearly these, you know, new approaches threaten the status quo, right, they also present significant opportunities for innovation and entrepreneurship, whether you're a startup, whether you're an established firm, or even a policymaker. So even though you're talking in your paper about Argentina, how prevalent is this in other countries around the world right now? Yeah, you know, the, the notion of creative disruption as a process or creative destruction as a process of change is, is global. Uh, you know, different countries may have local flavors in terms of which industries and which businesses are most impacted by these changes. But the process, and this has been my research over the last 10 years at the Wharton School, is, is a global phenomenon where you have new opportunities, new technologies, new business models, really transforming the sectors in local as well as global landscape. Ignacio, how are you seeing this uh, in Latin America and especially in Argentina as well? Well, just like Raul was saying, this is truly global. And I, I guess that the best evidence of that is that even in the far corners of the, the earth in Latin America and, and in particular in Argentina, this is really uh, beginning to happen. Uh, we begin to see the seeds of change. And basically, uh, for the first time in history, we're beginning to see thousands of startups, technology startups, uh, beginning to, to flourish and create value in Latin America. And initially, that's been a focus on digital startups. Uh, and we already have uh, these startups or these companies uh, uh, having created uh, tens of billions of, of dollars of value. Uh, in Argentina, we have, for example, Mercado Libre, which is um, the, the leading e-commerce company of, of Latin America, and it's already worth about $15 billion in, in value. And we have several other uh, companies that have reached a billion-dollar valuation. And beyond that, we have hundreds of other um, 
startups beginning to, to have success regionally and globally. And what I think is really interesting is that now these startups are, or companies are beginning to uh, disrupt the, um, the, the economy, or particularly certain sectors of the, the economy. Uh, this, is, this is just starting, but I think it's a really interesting phenomenon with uh, a lot of uh, positive potential. But something had to happen, whether it be the governments or, you know, the, the businesses that are in these countries, and, and speaking specifically about Latin America, something had to shift to be able to see these, these types of entrepreneurs be able to have the opportunity to, to bring these ideas forward. Actually, what happened was that the technology uh, has become um, cheap enough for them to, to be able to create startups with, with a very low initial cost, very low initial uh, need for capital, and second, with the capacity to reach global markets. So, I mean, first of all, you had internet, and that allowed several companies to to have a lot of success in, in tourism, online, on on e-commerce, uh, and different services. Um, but now we're also beginning to see uh, these these companies. I mean, uh, beginning to address the the mobile market. We have, seen, we have seen this for, for some years now, uh, using cloud technology. And, and increasingly, we're beginning to see these innovators leveraging um, all these technologies also in, in other sectors, like nanosatellites, biotechnology, mm-hmm. renewables. This is just starting, but, it, but I think it's very exciting and promising. And we're beginning to see really interesting companies come out of that. How do you see it specifically in, in what you're doing with surfing, surfing tsunamis? Well, the objective of servicing tsunamis is to catalyze a future of abundance, inclusion, and regeneration. We think that it's possible to triple the standard of living of Latin America, to eradicate poverty, and, and to really transform the region into a green economy. And, but, but we think that the only way that we can achieve that is that if we, we go beyond uh, raw materials and commodities and leverage the creative power of, our, of these 600 million people in Latin America, and the tools that, that the technology provides us to, to create um, a 21st century economy. This is, again, a 20 to 30-year endeavor, uh, but we're beginning to see clear signs that this, mm-hmm. is, and, uh, this is possible and, and, and that it creates value. We are joined on the phone by Raul Kapoor of the Wharton School. Ignacio Peña is the founder and CEO of Surfing Tsunamis. We're talking about uh, the paper uh, that they uh, put together, uh, which is titled Creative Destruction in the Land of Tango. It looks at uh, some of the changes going on in Argentina. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Raul, so for the paper, paper that you did, you, you looked at three main areas uh, that, that you thought were, were some of the most important things to look at, energy, finance, and food. Why specifically those three? Yeah, so, you know, so these are the three sectors which uh, clearly represent, you know, big sectors of economy nationally, globally. They're also sectors that are going through transformation worldwide in terms of technologies, business models. In the context of Argentina, we felt you know these were particularly relevant because, as Ignacio was mentioning, you know it's it's really a country uh, with enormous natural resources, especially around energy and food, and but it's also a country where finance is is much more traditional. A large proportion of the population is unbanked, 
And so these sectors represented not just, you know, the global transformations that we are seeing uh, worldwide, but also a very relevant sector of the economy that can benefit from the processes of creative destruction within Argentina. 844-942-7866 if you would like to join in with your comments or questions. Uh, Raul Kapoor of the Wharton School joining us, Ignacio Perez of Surfing Tsunamis, 844-942-7866. From, from what I read in the paper, you also included elements of the government in this as well, correct? Yes. Uh, you know, so for us, uh, you know, and Ignacio really, you know, is so much knowledgeable and passionate about the Argentine uh, environment. Uh, but, but for us, it was important that, you know, whenever you are talking about an economic process of creative destruction, it, it's never a single company or a single entity that's partake, partaking in that process, right? So the hope is for us to present a perspective that's a holistic perspective where the change is touching different actors, different entities. And for us to do that, we had to bring together, you know, the startups, the established traditional organizations, but also the policymakers who are trying to maneuver their policy-level goals, but also encouraging engines around competition and innovation and really managing a delicate balance between what the country has gone through in the past versus where the country is trying to go in the future. Ignacio? Yes, I, I think that um, up to this point, the Argentine entrepreneurs have been able to create value without uh, the, the, the support of the, the government. Actually, as we were saying, they, they have um, um, a very toxic environment to deal with uh, in the sense of uh, inflation, in the sense of a closed economy. Uh, in the past, they had uh, populism. In the last couple of years, the new government has been um, improving on, this, on these dimensions. They have been um, implementing policies to make it easier for entrepreneurs to succeed, for example, in, able, in, able, in order to create a company in 24 hours. But at the same time, uh, this is very incipient. Uh, this is just starting. And I would say that most of the credit is still due um, to the entrepreneurs. And I think that that's really, really exciting because it shows that you don't need to have a perfect playing field in order for these forces to, to begin um, taking place. Now, um, when you look at sort of the overall picture, it's, it's really important for government policies to, to support the, the growth of, of, of this ecosystem. And, and when you look at the situation of Argentina relative to other countries, it's still very far from, from an ideal uh, situation. So there's I think that, that if you look at it uh, from the potential point of view, I mean, I think that there's a huge potential for improvement. Uh, it remains to be seen whether we will have the, the wisdom, wisdom and the strength uh, to really overcome mm -hmm. uh, decades of populism and, and wrong policies. Uh, but I think that if, if we are to succeed, the success will come from, uh, from the leadership and the new paradigms that are brought by, by these uh, sort, sort of forward-looking entrepreneurs. Well, Earl, when you look at, inside a couple of these areas that you touched on, and just for energy for a second, uh, you mentioned about how uh, Argentina is really embracing renewable energy, which is an interesting point considering they've been considered to be one of those you know, uh, traditional South American oil companies, or oil countries, I should say, for, for a quite long period of time. Not that it's totally gone away, but seemingly renewals, renewables are taking their, uh, their piece of the pie. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, I was struck 
uh, when I when I got to learn about the Argentine context and some of these sectors, just the extraordinarily uh, rich endowment of resources for energy. Right, it's a country that has some of the the, the best kind of assets that you can have in terms of, you know, the intensity of sunlight for solar energy, the 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 wind currents for wind power. It even has one of the largest reserves of lithium, which is key for batteries. And as we mm. know, you know, storage is a big part of, of energy through renewables. So, so, so I think, I think it, while it has these significant natural resources around fossil fuels, the, I noticed that the opportunity for renewables are tremendous. And, uh, and, and you know, what we, what we mentioned in the, in the article, that uh, as, as, a, as a country, it's, you know, it's making you know, steps to kind of unleash the potential of these natural resources. You know, the, the government passed this mandate where they're moving the proportion of renewables from 2% a couple of years ago to 20% in 2025. Now, it's, it may seem a small number as a proportion of energy, but it's a huge shift in terms of the importance of renewables in the domestic energy landscape. Well, Ignacio, what is the state of, uh, of the oil industry in, in Argentina right now, and what has been their reaction to uh, this growth of renewables coming into the country? That's really interesting. Well, um, in the past decades, actually decade, Argentina has underinvested and has gone from being a net exporter of, of energy to become an importer of energy. And it, most of the, the energy matrix is, is dominated, as, as Raul was saying, by, by um, the, the fossil fuels industry. And they see um, a big opportunity now to sort of uh, lead a new phase of investments, focus on, on the Baca Muerta shale gas uh, basin. But at the same time, um, we're beginning to see this renewable energy um, um, dynamic taking place. And I would say that initially um, these companies have, were in, in active denial. Uh, active mean not just in denial, but, but also actively and trying to convince everybody else that this great transition yeah. towards a future of renewables is, is not going to happen. Now I think that they begin to, to realize that this is going to happen and, and you cannot uh, sort of uh, hide the sun with a finger, um, literally. <laughs> so I, I think that they're beginning to... to um, to look at the opportunity, uh, for example, YPF, the national oil company, has has begun to um, explore um, natural gas. Uh, not sorry, not not just the distribution of gas, but also the distribution of um, the generation of, of renewable uh, energy, particularly with wind parks, and it's sort of rebranding itself, um, and it's beginning to explore uh, the opportunities presented uh, by by these new technologies. I think that there is an opportunity to go beyond that. I'm mm -hmm. now beginning to propose that that we we lay out a new strategy for for the en energy in Argentina, that instead of being focused on on uh, natural gas, is really focused on 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 becoming leaders of the transition towards renewable. And we have a huge opportunity because there's so much investment that needs to be done. It's about a hundred billion dollars uh, of investment that needs to be done in in the next uh, 10 to 15 years. Right now, most of it is uh, intended to be focused on, on fossil fuels. But if we were to shift to renewables, we can we can leapfrog. And I think that this is the biggest opportunity of creative disruption, the opportunity to, to leapfrog into the future. We'll see. 
What about the and you talk in the in the paper as well about the growth of blockchain there in in Argentina? Uh, why why has that been such a key component in terms of the finance sector there, Ignacio? Well, actually, um, blockchain is um, what has been successful in Argentina because of the leadership of, of some forward-looking entrepreneurs. Uh, but also there were some in, interesting um, in initial conditions. For example, en- electricity has been uh, subsidized for many years, uh, and that led to mining being extremely profitable, in, uh, Bitcoin mining being very profitable in Argentina. But also up until two years ago, you had a very strict um, uh, foreign exchange re- um, controls and all kinds of financial controls, and these um, these tools provided an opportunity to sort of circumvent those those controls, and, and people saw it as a way to to sort of uh, escape from from the grasp grasp of these uh, excessive controls. Quite honestly, um, but that took its own uh, dynamic and actually went beyond. Uh, many people today are seeing an opportunity there to uh, enable the bancarization of of low income uh, segments. Uh, enabled um, to, to provide better property rights for people in shanty towns. Um, and there are really a, a lot of opportunities that could be explored. Um, I think that today most analysts agree that blockchain, not just Bitcoin, but, but actually blockchain, the technology be, below Bitcoin, um, really has the, uh, a big transformational uh, potential. Mm-hmm. And in a country where you only have 14% of, of uh, total debt over uh, GDP, and total private debt over GDP, so and only for um, mm-hmm. a large percentage of people have not been, been bankerized, a technology that like this can be very disruptive. The fact that we have a vibrant um, blockchain ecosystem, I think that presents a, a big opportunity. Raul, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, you know, just wanted to add, I mean, you know, when I first had a chance to interact with some of the entrepreneurs and really I would call visionaries in terms of the blockchain technology, I was blown away. I, I was just blown away both in terms of how much they were able to achieve given all the challenges that Ignacio has talked about within the institutional environments and the policy and so on and so forth, but also the vision that they presented uh, in terms of where they see blockchain uh, going. And, uh, you know, although it didn't make it into the article in the end, but, you know, the, the, the focus is, of course, you know, people are talking about cryptocurrencies as one of, the, one of the key aspects that's coming out of it. And there's, you know, there's question there in terms of, you know, the, the long-term viability of aspects of those sort. But I think blockchain as, a, as an enabler of uh, access and as an enabler of creating economic transactions in a more cost-effective manner is where we saw real power of blockchain in the context of Argentina. So, you know, we saw many different startups and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. where they're using blockchain as a way for communities with no access to banks, communities with no access to any kind of economic transactions, transacting through blockchain, through their smartphone applications, and, you know, such forward-looking but bottom of the pyramid sort of innovations, I think, showcase you know the real value proposition of what technologies like blockchain can bring to economies like Argentina. What about you? Also, the the other part that you, we mentioned that you talk about is uh, agriculture and and food. How is that being impacted by all of this uh, disruption or destruction? Well, what I see is that. Um 
food is going to be massively disrupted by, by technology. And, I mean, in the, in the short term, what you have is sort of the digitalization of agriculture, and that is beginning to play out in Argentina, so people beginning to use satellite imagery and artificial intelligence to be basically uh, do high-precision agriculture and, and improve the, the, and the cost efficiency of the use of um, fertilizer and, and pesticides and things like this, so being much more precise in the use of seeds as well. So that, that is a very important part that has to do with the automation of farming. Um, but I think that there is also an, a new wave that comes um, after that, uh, which is already beginning to take hold globally, which is um, the use of biotech, but also the use of alternative proteins, like, for example, the Impossible Burger here in, in the U.S., that is, I mean, tastes just like a, a meat hamburger, but it's actually done without animal proteins. So that will imply that, that uh, over the years, uh, commodity prices are likely to go down, and that will have a major impact on, on Argentina. So the question is that we were analyzing is, is the, the sector ready for this, uh, and, and are they taking steps in order to, to prepare? I would say that, that they're beginning to, to, to do this, and they're beginning to um, uh, gain confidence uh, in digital ag tech. Uh, but we also saw, saw a, a very interesting uh, biotech company called uh, BioSeries, which um, was about to do its, its IPO, mm-hmm. and uh, market conditions changed a little bit. But, but this company has already been able to, to create patents and products and sort of a, a company uh, who's in, that, that has an, a, an intriguing value that is uh, probably worth in the hundreds of millions uh, out of the research of Argentine scientists. So there, is a, there are seeds of, of change, there are seeds of hope, uh, but with all of these changes, like in all of these changes, the question is what will be the balance between those that sort of resist or deny the, the, the change that is coming and those that, that really look forward and, and try to push it uh, and make it happen. So, Raul, how is this is this transforming the economy of Argentina right now? And, and what's the expectation there or that you have moving forward, assuming that this pattern continues? It, it feels like it's a very optimistic approach right now. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Dan, I mean, I, uh, as I said, you know, I, when I wanted to understand about what's happening in Argentina within this process of creative destruction, I, um, I had not much expectations in terms of what's going on. And I think that's a typical imagery that, that people outside Argentina may have, right? I mean, it's a, it's a country that's had its, you know, problems in the past on, on many different levels. But once you got this insider perspective and this unfolding of process and creative destruction, you know, you get this enormous amount of optimism. And for me, there are really three drivers of optimism. First, you know, you know having interacted with almost 50 individuals, entrepreneurs, policymakers, executives of established companies across a variety of sectors, the talent is enormous. I mean, these people have you know, some of the best scientists, the best engineers, and I would say very articulate uh, thinkers in terms of long term. I think the second factor for me uh, is, is really the abundance of resources that Argentina really stands out in terms of both human side, but also the natural resources, which really could provide a huge catalyst for Argentina to move into the to leapfrog into the next sort of economic paradigm. 
And the third aspect is this bottoms-up process of creative destruction, as Ignacio mentioned, right, these entrepreneurs. And, you know, just take food as an example. I thought what I observed there was one of the richest entrepreneurial ecosystem that one could find within the mm-hmm. ag tech or the food tech sector. You know, technologies from biotechnologies, from information technologies, the space technologies, aeronautics technologies, all being explored and experimented simultaneously with enormous success. Um, so I am all in all extremely optimistic that despite you know the current economic challenges that Argentina is facing, this process of creative destruction is, is, a, is a huge silver lining in terms of the next uh, economic uh, paradigm that Argentina could be part of. Ignacio, your thoughts? Well, um, I, I would, I would uh, concur that, that there is a lot of cause for optimism in terms of the development of the innovation and entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem. I think that uh, now that, that it's been proven that, you, that, that these companies can create significant amounts of value, much more than traditional companies, and that young people have become uh, in love with, with sort of innovation, I think that we'll see a lot more coming uh, on board. And, and, and I think that uh, the biggest restri- restriction, which was capital, uh, is being lifted. Um, we saw in the last um, year that venture capital has doubled in Latin America. Uh, but it has a long way to go. I mean, it's, it's only been $1 billion invested last year compared to $5 billion in, in Israel, which is almost 100, uh, has a population of almost 100 uh, times smaller than, than, than Latin America. So there's a huge potential. I think that there is um, a lot of uh, cause for optimism also in terms of the, the rise of a new paradigm of doing, uh, in terms of the way, of, in way in which business is being conducted in Argentina. These people are not dependent on, on the government. They're not depending on the local market. Mm-hmm. They're really focused on global markets. They're very virtuous, and they're very collaborative and generous. It's a very different way, an entrepreneurial, very different way of doing business than, than the past. But at the same time, I'm very conscious about the big challenges that we have. Half of our population is not educated, and, and fast-paced automation is going to mean that represent a challenge for us. And also, as I said, uh, the, the fact that our main commodities are going to be disrupted, that will generate a, a big challenge. So right. I mean, if you look at the overall economy, i hopeful, but, but still uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Great having you both with us. Thank you, Rahul. Thank you, uh, Ignacio. Greatly appreciate your time. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 